Hello, and welcome to the Anniversary Brothers podcast, where we talk about the anniversaries of your favorite TV shows and movies. I'm your host, Aaron Sarnecki, and joining me, as pretty much always, is my brother, Josh Sarnecki. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's me. That's me. Hi. Right. I was wondering what you were going to say. So, Josh, I don't know how you're doing, but I'm, I've been a little down lately because, you know, there's just so much violence in movies and sex on TV. If only... There was a sort of guy that we could rely on to, you know, bring those old fashioned values back. Yeah. Well, I can tell you it's not Larry David who just beat up Elmo on live television. I did see that. <laughs> and I'm still a little confused about that. So, yeah, we're not talking about Seinfeld or Curb Your Enthusiasm, but we are talking about Family Guy uh, for the uh, 25th anniversary of the show. It debuted uh, in uh, January 1999, uh, right after the Super Bowl. Um, so if, if anybody, I know that we were not watching <laughs> I would question, you know, our our parents if they had let us watch. I mean, we were not big in the football anyway at that time, but hmm. I think. But that does explain why the first episode of the show is uh, prominently uh, takes place at the end in the uh, Super Bowl. Right. And we'll get into that. Uh, so, Josh, um, for anybody who doesn't know what Family Guy is about, could you just give them a, a brief synopsis? <laughs> uh, it's about so many things um truly a a very eclectic uh show um no it is about um a family essentially it's a it's a cartoon sitcom uh of the griffin family so you have peter griffin the father you have his wife lois and you have their three children um chris meg and stewie who is a baby uh, as well as their talking dog brian right um that's important (laughs) yes uh from there it's kind of all over the place i mean they mm. kind of do a bit of everything they've right. yeah, done it all show, in the 25 years they've been on right this show definitely i mean if you want to talk about our familiarity with the show i mean i remember it was a huge deal when they did the star wars episode where they basically did mm. the whole plot of a new hope and then later they did the next two movies yes um so yeah that um that was a huge deal when that came out um I remember being in high school. Um, but Josh, what is your recollection with, uh, you know, Family Guy? Uh, when do you remember first hearing about it? When do you remember watching it? I don't remember really hearing anything about it until I guess we were in maybe middle school mm-hmm. and our cousin Sean was visiting us, uh, who uh, previously joined us for an episode not too, too long ago on The Prestige. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had been a, a fan of family guy and i believe he had brought over some dvds of mm-hmm. the show and he he showed them to us um during um i think a christmas when uh he and the rest of his family were visiting that's mm-hmm. my recollection of it right well you you're right but you you've got some of the details they're they're missing i should say okay that he brought the, the dvds he was i think uh he stayed in our room uh, I think um, with uh, during the time, but when he was watching Family Guy, our parents forbade us from going in while he was watching it, which we oh. kind of which we kind of ignored naturally. Naturally, um, so yeah. Uh, and uh, as far as like afterwards, uh, I remember watching Family Guy again. Probably our parents would not have been thrilled when we started watching Adult Swim. They had 
reruns of Family Guy. I think by that time, it had already been uh, brought back uh, by Fox because mm. one of the like really impressive, I mean, I mean, if getting canceled and renewed again is impressive mm. is the fact that it technically got canceled twice. Right. So it debuted the first season, which was only seven episodes. Then the second season came out. Um, and then like in the middle of 2000, they like canceled the series, but then like Fox decided, you know what, you know, we'll, we'll give it another chance. So mm. they, it, it might've like debuted a little bit later than usual in, in terms of the, the season. Uh, but you know, it, there was really no gap in between them. Then after the third season, they canceled it for like real and mm -hmm. it was off for multiple years. Mm -hmm. um, but because it was so popular because of those like DVDs, um, the, really having those like early seasons of Family Guy on uh, DVD, uh, specifically like volume one, which since the first season was so short, they just packaged the first and second season together. Um they, that that was that was huge for the show. So that and the fact that it started airing on Adult Swim. So yeah, remember watching it on Adult Swim back. Uh, we had like our computer was like connected to our cable. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. So we would uh, record episodes and watch them later. So that's how yes. we watched a lot of uh, various things on Adult Swim. Yeah. Um, was that also when? There was still like a parental lock on our TV. Oh, or on our like our actual TV. Possibly. Yeah, our small little like 19 CRT, inch yeah. CRT with a built-in yeah. VCR. And I yeah. just happened to guess the password for the parental right. lock. Yeah. <laughs> so we could watch uh, it. It might have been. I don't know. I think at that point it we could have watched it on there. Uh, but um so yeah, um I remember really, you know, being into the show and then um at some point having like a falling out with it. I'm not sure exactly what it was if it got to uh like Seth MacFarlane, especially when it came back, the show took a very dramatic turn. Um it, the humor became a lot more uh edgy and controversial. Not that it already wasn't. But yeah. like, I think they really gave them free reign. And I guess I got I was turned off by some of uh, Seth MacFarlane, the creators, his, you know, political and like religious opinions. Mm -hmm. So that there I, I went from liking the show to hating the show. Mm -hmm. um, and before we get into that, I mean, do you remember uh you just like eventually stop watching the show too. Do you remember, was there any reason? I can't remember a specific reason, but I, I do remember having a similar um, kind of journey with it where, you know, at first it was this uh, show where it's like, oh, this is kind of, uh, you know, taboo or not taboo, yeah. but like, this is something like we're not really supposed to watch. So we're going to mm -hmm. watch it. And then, oh, wow, this is the funniest thing ever. Mm -hmm. And really, um, you know, enjoying it and, and getting hooked on it. And then over um, the years, getting really fed up with it for whatever reason and just thinking like, yeah, not only is this no longer funny to me, but I actually hate this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. yeah, so that's and that's kind of how I continued, you know, through through college and whatnot, my feelings on it. Um, we are going to get to our feelings on it now, um, though I will lay 
some ground rules before we do. So Josh, by agreeing to be on this podcast, um, we are not having another like, so if no, if, if people don't know, Joshua had a little bit of an episode when we, we talked about American Idol. He got a little heated talking about the judges and, and such and their, their treatment of the contestants. Not that it was unjustified, but um, I'm going to ask you to keep your gutter mouth off of our show. Leave that to your other podcast with its, you know, depravity. So, so I have to keep it PG on an episode about family. I was going to say, well, I know that's like kind of having our arm tied around our back. We will, I'm going to see where this goes. And, you know, depending on where the discussion, we might get slapped the E on anyway. But um, I would thank you not to poison my ears with your, you know, devil words. Uh, These accusations. I thought you liked me. I thought we were brothers coming out here just slandering my good name. Right. And making me Uh, watch the show. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But uh, before we get into our feelings now, uh, how about you take a quick uh, listen to our fellow podcasters on the pop break? No, I refuse. Hello, everyone. This is Amanda Rivas, the Yuji Itadori of Anime Pop. And I'm Josh Renecki, the Lloyd Forger of Anime Pop. Join us every month where we go over the recommendations for our favorite animes of the month, whether you're a newbie or an all-time pro, and go over the hottest news in the anime world. We're also going to be talking about the mainstream anime that's capturing everyone's attention right now. So stay tuned. Check us out every last Monday of the month right here on the Pop Break TV podcast feed, or else I'm going to go sukuna on y'all. So boom. Hi, this is Allison Lips from Pop Break Goes to Washington. You may know me as the digital trends editor at Pop Break and as a frequent guest on the Anniversary Brothers podcast. Every third Thursday of the month, join me and a guest as we break down various political movies from a pop culture perspective. You can find Pop Break Goes to Washington on the Pop Break Today feed, wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. So uh, if you are joining us, uh, you know, I would hope that you didn't just like skip the first segment for some reason. But we are talking about Family Guy uh, for its 25th anniversary. Uh, So, Josh, uh, you know, I'm going to leave. I'll go into my feelings first because I (laughs) kind (laughs) of. No, it's not like your feelings are invalid, but so as I mentioned before, I sort of did a 180 in my feelings on Family Guy, where I found it sort of like um, an affront to to me as a person. <laughs> um, and now I want to say that I don't think that the show as it currently exists is anything that anybody really needs to be watching but i think maybe just learning more about the creator seth mcfarland and how much he has invested in the show in terms of his voice acting in terms of running the show in terms of uh his past on other cartoons such as johnny bravo um i kind of have a lot of respect for him even though i don't like everything that he's done which is sort of weird because like in this day in social media that's like unheard of usually if somebody does something that you dislike you have to t- burn down everything else and said, well, whatever they worked on that I maybe previously liked, it wasn't good, actually. <laughs> a nuanced take? That's yeah. A, that's not allowed anymore, Aaron. Yeah. So even though my, my feelings about this show are actually, I haven't rewatched 
you know, you know, catching some episodes on TV. I actually think that I really enjoy the first three seasons of this show. I think that, I mean, I know I just said, like, I respect Seth MacFarlane for, you know, I think he's very talented. But at the same time, I think that probably the show got worse when they gave him more freedom. Mm. Uh, I think that the show is actually very funny and clever in those first three seasons. And as we'll get talk about the characters, I find the characters to be likable. Whereas when that fourth season rolls around, they become progressively and aggressively more unlikable. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, I I would you know say that if you know an episode of when I would let me put it this way, if I were watching Adult Swim or flipping and Adult Swim's on. I would check to see, and it says Family Guy, I would say, okay, well, is it the first three seasons? If it's the first three seasons, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like bits and pieces of maybe like the next few, se- you know, three seasons. But if it's like anything after that, I will not watch it. Okay. So it's in the, it's a, for you, a matter of where in the chronology is the Which, show. Yeah, I mean, what that means is basically that most of the show I will not watch. Yeah. To be fair... Seth MacFarlane basically only was running the show until 2010 uh, because uh, he started developing Ted mm-hmm. and then he, you know, tried to do other stuff, um, which I had this huge like argument with uh, one of my roommates in college where they were like, I said, like, the show is like, it's t- like terrible uh, like the jokes are bad he's like it's supposed to be bad because seth mcfarland is trying to get the show canceled which like i don't think is was was true but because he wanted to get out of his contract but he wanted still have the fox money to fund his other projects i don't believe that was true but that's how he put it so josh okay i'll give you the floor um behave What what are your feelings? Uh, so many feelings. Um, no, I'm gonna stay zen through all of this. I promise. I'm gonna mm-hmm. gonna stay balanced. I'm gonna regulate my emotions. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be gonna be great. No, so I I think I'm coming at it from a a somewhat similar point of view. Maybe not quite as positive. Yeah, yeah. I will say that I am overall very impressed by what Seth MacFarlane has been able to do with his career and this being you know, without a doubt, like the kind of defining thing he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's allowed him to go do other things like uh, Ted or the uh, the Orville. I believe it was his sci-fi right, show. Yeah, no, it's sort of like less successfully, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, um it's basically also, ted and then more ted <laughs> yeah i mean he's also had like a surprisingly uh i guess well received kind of jazz career oh yeah i mean as you know the voice of brian he will sing on the show and man's got a golden voice and hmm. um it's very apparent within like the score of the show and the references and different, uh, you know, Broadway tunes that he will put in the show. He has a deep appreciation for the musical arts. Yes. You know, whether it's, you know, Peter sh- sh- singing Shapoopy from The Music Man or, you know, you know, the the gang singing uh, Good Morning from Singing in the Rain. It's just like, wow. Well. It's a riffing off the ending of Greece. Oh, oh yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. Well, that's not you're right. Yeah, it is the underground. You're right. No. Um, no, so I mean, I think there's a lot that Seth MacFarlane has done that I I believe is impressive. And yeah. um, yeah, just because we just 
uh, got past the holidays, I will say he's he did some some excellent uh, Christmas covers of some old classics. His like Baby It's Called Outside with Megan Trainer, I thought was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, my problem with the show is that I do think it had some funny elements early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't watched the vast majority of it following, as you said, like the, the later seasons. My problem with it is that it's not so much the show as it's me. So that may be a little, uh, okay. I don't know if that's a little corny or like cliched, but I think the problem was that, and, and maybe this is a backhanded compliment or explanation. I feel like this show's humor is pretty immature. To be honest, it's very based on uh, like shock value mm-hmm. and um, really subverting expectations and trying to make you laugh at how stupid some of its mm-hmm. characters are. Right. And I think as an adolescent um, and, and early young adulthood, like I, you know, was into that kind of humor. I, I thought that was very um, funny. You know, it really you know, made me laugh. And I think my sense of humor has just matured since then. Right. And and again, maybe this is a backhanded compliment, but just I think this show is funny for people who have a certain sense of humor. I think right. if you have that, um, if, if it's going to like really, you know, cause you to like bust out laughing when um, Peter's like seething on the floor after like getting hurt. Um, oh, yeah then you know okay you know that's that's fine like if you want to enjoy that that's okay um if you have a a fondness for these cutaway jokes to these references that are only loosely related Mm -hmm. to what's ever going on in the main plot um but you think it's funny that cookie monster is in the bathroom doing drugs essentially with cookie dough um fine it's not for me anymore again as (laughs) a as you know, a, a teenage boy, I feel like this was a show that was primed to make me laugh at that time. Right. Uh, now, as an adult, not so much. Right. I I think, yeah, that's that's fair. I will say um, there is a lot to talk about the cutaways, um, but I guess just like getting into the first episode, uh, which as, as I talked about the sort of evolution of the show i feel like it is so different from what the show later became uh i mean certainly you have the cutaway gags you have the general premise of peter being an idiot that's Mm -hmm. always been the through line of the show of course people people have basically just said um this is just like the simpsons trying to be edgier which is like yeah yeah, those early seasons definitely are just an edgier simpsons like that's completely true and then like i feel like the later seasons are kind of like for people who really like playing cards against humanity (laughs) yeah i think another way of thinking about it if we're thinking of long-term animated shows for adults it's somewhere in between the simpsons and south park Uh where it's got the greater edginess that you have some south park but it's not really trying to lay a political message most of the time like south park does right and it's funny you bring in south park because We'll get into that. The, the creators of South Park had a lot of thoughts on Family Guy. Mm. Um, but but talking about this first episode, which is basically Peter, through a mistake, gets fired and then uh, accidentally commits welfare fraud. Yes. And uh, But then he gets found out and he has to apologize to Lois. So he flies a blimp over the Super Bowl. 
and gives away all the money. Yes, and, and gets arrested for that. And he gets arrested for that. And there's some other stuff. Kool-Aid Man breaks through the wall, which, okay, the Kool-Aid Man right out, like, one of the most iconic, like, parts of this show is Kool-Aid Man, because he, he shows up multiple times in the series. Mm. I will uh, say, I do love a good Kool-Aid Man reference. Yeah. Um. I mean, what do you think, like, as somebody you already said, like, this show isn't really for me, or for you, I guess. Is that mm. how you felt about this first episode? I mean... Because I think that there are some elements. I'm going to try to win you over a little bit with, I, I mean, maybe I don't have to. I think that the general premise is pretty ridiculous. It's it's whatever, what you would do from a typical family guy plot. I think that some of the jokes work really well because of their sense of um, misdirection. Mm. Um, so, for instance, when Peter says, or, or there's like, oh, they, they get Meg her collagen injection, injection for her lips, which... Okay, is we'll get in the character of Meg is something that they would never spend any time doing in the later seasons. Mm. Um, but then uh, Lois says, "Oh, but did you have to get Chris breast implants?" And you're like, "Oh, okay, so it's going to be a joke. He has breast implants." But it's just no, he's holding like the actual like silicon implants in his hand. He says, "Oh, these are cool." Yeah. I think, again, it's not a hilarious joke, but mm. clever for a show of this type, I would think. Yeah, there there are a few clever elements of it, and I and I don't want to dismiss that. Like, right, I think... there's also when they're in the prison and Peter says, you know, everything they told you about dropping the soap in prison is true. It's like, oh yeah? It's like, yeah, that thing's so slippery. That, you know, everyone was laughing at me when I dropped it. And then there's two guys say, hey, that guy dropped the soap. Yeah, <laughs> and just walk away. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's, I, I think another clever thing was the, the opening where they're watching... Uh, the Brady Bunch, or I should say a very dark <laughs> yeah. version of the Brady Bunch. Um, and then Peter makes a, a joke about the the Brady's living in a rough neighborhood, which then uh, turns into a, a joke about their neighborhood having uh, Aunt Jemima's witness. I was well, actually thought that was not that good a joke, but I, I, there are some jokes in this first episode. And they, this show went through multiple pilots for some mm -hmm. reason. It, it was at one point called like my life with Larry or whatever. So like Peter was Larry. He had like a completely mm. different design. They mm. even like had a sort of like a pseudo pilot on a, what a cartoon show mm. where Larry adopts basically that version of Brian from the pound. But like other mm. than that is other than the voices being the same. It's nothing is the same. Yeah. Um, again, it was funny funny sort of like uh clever jokes where he says you know he says if you don't you know uh adopt me you'll be responsible for the impending euthanasia and he says oh geez that's bad they have enough kids over there as is yeah, yeah. so it, the writers can use their brain for some reason of all the pilots seth mcfarland just loves this joke about them all going to watch philadelphia and peter laughing mm. at, at tom hanks talking about having aids it's just like <laughs> that that was in multiple that was in like all the pilots except for the one obviously on uh on cartoon, cartoon network yeah, yeah. it's just like and it's 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 told like slightly different ways but it's like it's always the same mm. um i will say i i thought it was i really did like that like you said before they actually incorporated the Super Bowl into this first episode, which I didn't get watching it uh, the first time because I didn't know that it had aired. Mm. Yeah. Like this was the whatever the lead in or lead out, whatever. Uh, so it got a bunch of you know 
ton of viewers uh, mm. because people had just watched the Super Bowl. Um, and I like how like they acknowledging it's on Fox. I guess Fox at that point had a their tagline was just one Fox. Yes. So which I don't remember at all, but we didn't really watch other than I guess Power Rangers didn't really watch Fox all that much. Um, but when the security guard grabs the gun, <laughs> it's just one gun. Yes, yes. Um, I gotta say though, love that they have John Madden in it, but it is a terrible John Madden depiction. It has nothing like John Madden. Yeah, that that wasn't the very the, good the, at all. the happy-go-lucky guy that fans, you know, adored is just this like uptight guy who just wants to rant about football that's not who john Mann was yeah so no, bad i depiction. mean granted if this had been made seasons later they would have gotten the real john Mann. like they got tom brady to voice himself mm. and tom brady also appeared in ted too mm. where he throws ted that. like a football oh yeah it's a perfect spiral oh, okay i forgot about that having uh, not watched Ted too, just seeing right having seen the commercials yeah um yeah i don't know if there's much else to say about the pilot there's just sometimes peter will say such random things that i think are really funny that i don't know you might think are just kind of childish or just like when brian tells him he says so you can barely drive, but you can get a blimp license. And he says, yeah, America's great, isn't it? Except for the South. <laughs> it's just it's so ridiculous. So to, to, to push back on, on some uh, of the glowing, yeah, critis- or uh, glowing praise of this okay. episode, um, I think there's a lot of things that don't work for me that are emblematic of things that I also don't particularly like about the rest of the show right Um, so some of them being like this episode early on has a very clear depiction that like peter is uh not very intelligent but also not a very good spouse or father yeah um and it really begs the question and this comes up throughout the series is why in the world would lois put up with him Mm mm-hmm that he is just very selfish and and very self-absorbed and mm-hmm. to the point where he's trying to hide that he's committing welfare fraud and instead decides to insult Lois. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> which it's like, okay, that's kind of funny, but, you know, this is really right. making me question I, I know. the relationship. You've made it known in the past that you are not a fan of the dumb husband or, you know incompetent husband who has a wife who is much you know too good for him you, you yeah you've made that very known on your other podcasts yes um, yeah it's a trope i do not like yeah. um other than that like i do think this show um and maybe less so in this first episode but in some of the other uh episodes or clips that i watched it is so overly reliant i feel like on these cutaway jokes oh yeah where absolutely. it does not trust that the humor of the situation itself is going to be funny enough that instead it has to punch it up with something that is only loosely related, that is mostly going to be humorous because of shock value. The the biggest one from the first episode being um, a uh, joke about Hitler. Not right, being, I was saying right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, right off the bat they make a Hitler joke. So yeah, yeah, not right. And apparently, like great. this uh, this show at the time, like I guess had like 
right off the bat some controversy because of that because i guess people weren't prepared for that um um for this show um i yeah so the cutaway gags i guess we could get into it now you know there's still time to talk about the characters um i do agree i think that in the earlier seasons from what i know what i've watched that they're the way they transition into the cutting or into the cutaway jokes are at least a little better that Often the cutaway jokes, they will say something like uh, that doesn't directly signal that it's about to go to a cutaway joke. It'll just happen. Mm. Like uh, there's one episode where Brian, I forget what the cutaway joke is, but he says, I guess you're not the first person to do whatever it takes you know, to win. It's not, he's not saying like, this remi- This reminds me of the time when I did this, which is pretty much like 95% of the cutaway jokes, like season four onward. Yeah. yeah uh, to... Which, which and, and watching an episode from season four, I was getting whiplash by how many, like within the span of a minute, like it felt like there were two or three cutaway jokes and mm. most of them just, they're not fun. I think the jokes are better when the characters are the main characters actually appear in them. Um, not always, because uh, sometimes they just don't make sense. But for instance, when they're, there's another episode in the early season where they're driving the car and I guess they get a little bit of road rage. And Lois says, it's like, usually, you know, driving for us is such a peaceful time. Then Chris says, except when dad hit that deer. And then it cuts to Peter, you know, his car has collided with another car. And he's talking to a deer about trading insurance. No. So see, it's, again, misdirect as the main characters. But I, I agree that the cutaway jokes, they're, I mean, if they, it, that's what some people, they go for, they go to Family Guy for the cutaway jokes. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the actual plot of the episode is secondary. And this is the thing that the creators of South Park, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, hate about Family Guy so much. So much that they've made multiple episodes about how much they hate Family Guy. Mm. Um, and said in one episode that uh, apparently the writing staff of Family Guy is actually a tank of manatees. Uh, yeah, they just like, they get balls that they just they kind of put through a tube and it, you know, sequences the nonsense into a joke. Mm, yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, um, and so supposedly they said that their riff on the way that they made fun of Family Guy, they got like love letters or thank you letters from the staffs of The Simpsons and King of the Hill. I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> yeah, but, I... but but for them, in their opinion, and traditionally what I would think most people's opinion is that the the comedy of the situation is, you know, the story, that's the, the most important thing. Right. You you can't just discard it just so you can have you might as well just be doing stand up at that point. And that's what I was going to say. Like it flies in the face of what this genre is supposed to be. Like at the end of the day, like this is supposed to be a sitcom, but so much of the humor is not reliant on the situation. It's reliant on these cutaway jokes that are yeah, it's it's essentially just stand up of like, oh, let me just bring up this unrelated topic and just mm-hmm. riff on this for a little while. And then I'm going to, at some point, switch gears and go on to another unrelated topic because I think it'll be funny. And there's this very, you know, weak, you know, foundation holding it all together. Right. It's all about just 
what can we add in that's going to make people laugh? But even that, again, it's 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 lazy and it's also dependent on is this going to be shocking enough to make people mm-hmm. like react? Uh, right. I think of another show that was popular when we were in high school, uh, Tosh.0. Oh, um, yeah. Where it's like just saying something that is uh, mildly to incredibly offensive <laughs> as shock value yeah. um, and, and see just how people will react. Right. It's it's I think it's or, you know, as you said, with um, what the creators of South Park said, like, or we're just going to generate like these totally like random, absurd yeah. uh, sequences where it's it's not the, the shock of it. It's just the absurdity of it that's going to make you laugh. Right. Uh, which, again, it, some people will find that really funny. And I don't want to begrudge that or, you know, uh-huh. uh, say people can't find that funny. All right. Out of all the things to complain about Family Guy, you know, not talking about the, the you know, the darker humor, but just like the idea of the cutaway. If you find that funny, that's OK. But like, it's also OK to say that's a lazy writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, most people would say that. The jokes in a show have to come from plot and they have to come from character. So we're yes. getting into character. Um, as far as Peter, yeah, Peter is an idiot. He's bumbling. I do in those early seasons, though, and this is basically, like I said before, you can pretty much find this in all the characters. Even though Lois is too good for him, he generally, genuinely cares for her and for his family. Um, there's an episode, I think it's season two, when the mob, uh, through um, sort of like a mistake, puts a, a hit on uh, Lois. He goes to the Don and asks her, him to to take it off, and he says like he can't. So he, but then he says, um, in that case, shoot me instead of Lois. Current Peter would never in a million years ever say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. So it, it's clear that even though he's stupid, he's, he does have some redeeming responsibilities or like, um, well, well, we'll get into that with the, I don't want to talk about Meg yet. Um, no. I mean, in, t- in terms of the character of Lois, again, she is a character. She's basically like a stereotypical housewife. She's basically, especially in the early episodes, it's basically just the show's version of Marge Simpson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, especially since she's, you know, has a baby like in that show yeah uh where you know she's very loving um he's very uh and this they kind of play up especially how clueless she is with the fact that stewie wants to kill her Mm. (laughs) um again in a later season you know when stewie they accidentally like stewie falls down the stairs and the rest of the family tries to hide it from her and eventually they decide to try to trick her to make it think that she, that she ran over him with her car. And then when she sees him, she says, we, we got to hide this and pin this on somebody. Again, cur- early, you know, season Lois would never in a million years, you know, try to do that with uh, Stewie. But yeah. what are you going to do? The, the show just, the show basically, you know, took characters that were likable. And then I guess it, it's like another show, like Always Sunny, where like, all those characters are like supposed to be terrible people, mm. but but it doesn't really work once you've already seen the characters be somewhat good people deep down, even if they're not the right. best. So you no. go from flawed but essentially good people to horrific, you know, probably should all be in jail people. <laughs> yeah, and it it gets to something that I know you've talked about, um, both 
offline and in this podcast of where shows that stay on for extended amounts of times, they start to dial up character traits to oh, right. That's 11. not some right. That's not something that I have like come up with. That's pretty mm. common knowledge. Um, so definitely they they dial up Peter's stupidity stupidity. Uh for Lois, I'm actually not in her in her cases, they just dial down things that make her likable. Yeah. <laughs> um in terms, I feel like the I don't know. We talked about this, I think, before we started. There's not much out of all the characters, I feel like there's l- very little to talk about Chris Griffin as a character. That he's mm. just kind of like it's I don't also know, like stupid. He, yeah, he's also stupid. Um, there's an evil monkey in his closet for some reason. Um <laughs> He kind of is just there to annoy Meg. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of the family, he's probably the most forgettable. Yeah, I would, I, I would, and so, but to his credit, not necessarily to the character's credit, but so Josh did not know that Seth Green, you know, uh, of Robot Chicken fame, of Austin Powers fame, of Buffy. I think it was on Buffy. Uh, Maybe I'm not sure about that one. You went at it. So he voices Chris. And you really can't, even in the early seasons, you can't really tell that that's Seth Green. Yeah, which that is probably one of the things that surprised me most about preparing for this, because I did not, as you said, I did not realize that, because I feel so much of Seth Green's um, voice performances that I'm familiar with, both in Robot Chicken, uh, as well as some other things, including like uh, him being Howard the Duck um, in in Marvel. Um, oh, okay. Is, I didn't know that. Yeah, so much of it is it's it's pretty apparent. Like he's not necessarily yeah. doing too much of a vocal performance for for Chris. Like I do really get the sense of like, okay, this is not your normal voice. Like you're actually like putting on something mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not necessarily a character that stands out on this show, but arguably doing more than um, the voice actress for for Meg in later seasons, uh, Mila Kunis is doing right. Right. So uh, Mila Kunis was not the original. Uh, I'm forgetting the name of the original. Uh, it's like uh, whatever. But uh, the original actress yeah. was uh, Lacey Chabert. Yeah, Lacey Chabert. So um, so who people might know, she was in Mean Girls. She was the voice of Eliza Thornberry in The Wild Thornberries, uh, which was came on. I think she was also on Party of Five. So she was very busy at this time period, which is ultimately, I guess, why she left, Mm -hmm. which is why they have a joke later when Stewie and Brian go back in time to the pilot. They say, why does Meg sound so different? And it says, I don't know. She sounds like somebody who really passed up a great opportunity. Okay, Uh, that's that's funny. I'll give them that. um, But yeah, um, I the characterization of Meg in the first season just it's fine it just it it feels very off to me it doesn't feel like i guess they were probably just like copying like other shows but she's like she's sort of like the self-absorbed teen girl you would find in any other sitcom mm. and i feel like once they recast her with mila kunis uh they decide that she's more of like a social outcast mm-hmm. um or as they go on later uh, basically the outcast of the entire family which i'm gonna say is really me justice for meg okay it's really yeah. mean-spirited so we watched an early episode from season two mm-hmm. where or i don't did you watch it I did i did yeah so uh peter goes undercover in the school because there's this new psychedelic it's not even really a drug they're like 
toads that if you lick them, you hallucinate. They like fell off a truck or something. Colombian toads being uh, transported by a cartel via plane that happened Yeah. to crash land into uh, the city of uh, Quahog. Quahog, yes. Quahog, Rhode Island, which um, is supposedly based off Providence. Uh, so that happens. Peter goes undercover into her high school has that dance novel number where they says you know you got to give up the toad Yes, to the uh, to the sound of "Gotta uh Shape Up" from Greece. you gotta is that what it's called <laughs> uh, or no, that's sorry, that's the one lines. Uh, you're the one I want. I yeah I forget the name yeah of that that's song. that's it's that i was you're confusing me for a second yeah um as lando griffin no relation <laughs> Yeah. Um, so then, you know, he has this moment where, and of course, this is sort of ridiculous. It's like, oh, so she wants to get popular. So it's like, oh, my dad in disguise will take me to the prom. But then he decides to take another girl because he's trying to relive a high school fantasy that he never had. Um, but then at the end of the day, he like, uh, he makes it up to her and like makes her popular. Uh, so that th that was like a typical episode that in the early seasons, the family... acknowledged meg in the next for some reason when they came back from being canceled they're like nobody in this in the family likes meg she's by far the least favorite um i watched the simpsons crossover uh with them and uh so in that episode uh uh right when they're leaving uh lisa you know lisa simpson she gives her uh Her saxophone because it turns out that um meg is actually even better at playing saxophone than lisa so she thinks that she should have it and it's this really sweet moment though you know something bad is going to happen and then immediately after peter grabs the saxophone and throws it in the trash and it's like Yeah. yeah i, I don't know it's Yeah. that i I, I don't know. It, it's it's just it's very mean spirited for really no reason. Um, I will say, regardless of the way that they treat the character, I think Mila Kunis, especially because I get from what I've read, like had like no like prior experience with voice acting, I think does a great job as Meg. I agree. I I said earlier that she's not really putting on much of like a performance and that she's not really changing her voice and i think that's true but i do think that overall she is giving a good performance in the sense of like line delivery um working with um animation versus her her usual live action Mm hmm performing um yeah i i don't understand like why they decided that having the family like like hate meg and like Yeah. go Yeah. out of their way to torment and abuse her was going to be the new ongoing joke but i just i don't understand it like and i watched a clip from a more recent season where um stewie brian and uh, meg go to russia um and uh, essentially the the joke is that meg is more appreciated in russia than she is in the united states but even then like they're making fun of her it's like oh yes like she's um in, in russia she's Um, accepted for her like uh or kind of like stocky you know figure and Yeah. her like uh body hair and like all these things it's like we're just going to keep making fun of how like unattractive and Yeah. lame meg is it's like gosh like this is just really just cruel for no reason Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're very much on the same, you know, opinion of that. Um, I, I, was, I was talking about other characters who have the same voice as the actor. Brian, the dog. That's just Seth MacFarlane being Seth MacFarlane.
And basically even like, I mean, maybe not some of his character traits, but like, in, especially when he gets more political, they're basically just, he's the mouth voice of Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Um, I, I really love in the first episode and I don't know how long they do it for, but that sometimes he's still on all fours because it's just sort of surreal. Um, that's just like the, the fact that like he, the, the more human that they make him kind of takes you it takes away from the joke that like this dog should not be talking like oh yeah i i agree i think especially like when people like first watch the show like i don't know if they knew the dog was gonna talk but it's just like there's still something really kind of almost eerie about that first episode just like why is the dog talking <laughs> i think they in in the first episode they they did a good job of playing up it as a as a gag that they they played pretty straight that worked um mm-hmm. I, I think of the one part in the first episode where um, Peter's talking to Brian while Brian is uh, urinating on a uh, fire hydrant and <laughs> he's standing as if he's at a, a urinal and he finishes by like zipping himself back up, even though he's not wearing any pants. Right. I don't, don't he is remember a dog. that. Um, yeah. Which funny. I think is like a, it's a quick, you know, sight gag that they don't really even like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, highlight all that much, but I, I do think that is funny. I think from there, I don't know, the, the over the course of the show, um, it really does feel like the dynamic between Brian and Stewie became more and more uh, front and center where like they literally have like road trip episodes for them. Right. Yeah. And I think at some point that's where it like really gets grating because in the first, in the first season or the first episode at least you get the sense of okay yes th- this is a uh a, t- a talking dog and a uh intelligent baby who can you know build these you know machines and is bent on like world domination right. and, and stuff um but they're still stuck within this traditional sitcom family mm-hmm. whereas in later seasons it goes like off the rails which like we're going to put them in increasingly absurd and unrealistic situations you mentioned like time travel they go to like different uh like universes, universes. Right. um like they they just start to um totally like unplug from reality i i saw a clip from a more recent season where uh stewie met his um half brother uh who's like a stereotypical like boston uh, i watched uh, bostonian um which is like and you just have like stewie like going to like, right, uh, a bar big... on his own yeah this is uh, and it's like again part of what was funny about the original or what the 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 uh, the, the first part was that you were having these strange characteristics of a talking dog and a evil genius baby mm-hmm. within this sitcom family yeah once you pull them outside of that it's like the the again the situational comedy is gone it's no longer about isn't it weird that they're doing this in the setting it's just like no, I mean, we can do whatever we want with these characters. Like, it doesn't matter. And yeah. that in particular was just painful, right. I felt like. That. I find it, inter- I don't know, maybe it's just because that was one of the most recent episodes, but it, I do find it interesting that we happen to watch, like, the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think that's true. Um, again, when seeing Stewie um, initially, like, especially when, like, probably we're watching this with our cousin, just like, 
why is the baby talking like what the heck is going on like this feels like a violation of some rule <laughs> yeah uh, and, and again like there was a shock factor of like oh like not only is the baby talking but like he is like trying to kill his mother right with yeah and then you know he'll have a box of live grenades which then he'll blow up on him by mistake yeah almost again, sort of like a wily e. coyote kind of situation right but even like that it was contained within the same environment yeah. um or like I, I know in the i think the second season i i didn't watch it but i know there's an yeah. episode like where he's at like a uh, preschool or daycare or something yeah and he has a crush yeah. um and like again like that is self-contained in a at least seemingly realistic premise and i think once you get that's out a pretty of that, memorable episode yeah i think once you get out of that it just it becomes again like this this lazy mad libs of a show <laughs> and that's a good way of describing it i will so um a couple things about uh so brian i i don't like the and they kind of do this early on and it, it gets progressively worse where they tried to make him more and more human, even though, you know, he's obviously a dog. So by the time he starts dating human women, I'm just like, this is wrong. Like, yeah. he is a dog. He should not be dating people. Uh, and then they basically, you know, show that he, you know, is, uh, at least in the, like, somewhat later seasons, is basically, he talks about being this, like, uh, very you know uh sort of uh well-educated you know understanding liberal but he really just like uh is a very shallow individual mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to the women that he dates um for instance there is uh there's a character jillian which is, is a uh a recurring girlfriend of his who i believe could be wrong i think that drew barrymore was the voice of mm -hmm. uh but she's like even dumber than peter mm -hmm. Oh, I I wasn't okay. I know who you're talking about now. I remember now. Yeah, and it's just like I was just like again. This he should not be dating people. And with Stewie, they and I guess this is just sort of emblematic of the time of they kind of make him more and more like a gay stereotype. Oh, and, and I'm glad you mentioned. That. I was going to bring up like they definitely. I mean, there um, is the thing with the uh, with his uh, his boss in the beginning. I I will have to say that it's is unfortunately like that is kind of just was ha how a lot of media was at the time. But I think especially when you look at the way that their initial approach to Stewie to what they made him into, it's very grating and unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, and. No, again, I'm I'm glad you mentioned it because I I think there is certainly like a a not uh, insignificant degree of uh, homophobic humor in mm -hmm. the the early seasons, especially when it comes to Stewie. You mentioned the boss characters as well. There's other examples, um, but Stewie's is probably the most egregious. Um, where yeah, I don't know if that comes up as much in later seasons. I doubt it. Right. Uh, yeah, apparently there was this, I don't know if it was a big news, but like there was an episode on Family Guy where like uh, they actually like said like Family Guy is phasing out gay jokes. Like mm. that was, uh, and I don't know how well they keep kept up with that, but yeah. um, I mean, as far as other characters, uh, I'm going to say one might, maybe the best character in the show. I mean, they probably ruin him later. But at least my recollection of him is Joe Swanson, the neighbor across the street, um, is uh, handicapped in a wheelchair as a cop played by Patrick Warborden. Mm. It is delightful where he, he's so friendly, but at the same time, he can just like 
starts shouting because he gets really amped up for no reason. Um, uh, there's, yeah. I mean, do you agree that Joe is one of the better characters? Uh, I'm not sure if I'd say better characters. I just really like um, that that actor, yeah. uh, Patrick Warburg. I, I just think he's hilarious. I, I've right. loved him since uh, Emperor's New Groove. So. Right. Uh, as far as like, again, with a lot of more of the shocking humor, they had um, Quagmire, who's their like neighbor who like basically I don't know how long it really takes. So he like he kind of like transitions from like ladies man to like pervert to like criminal who should be in jail. Yeah, and, uh, I, that's a very problematic character. Uh, I mean, as somebody who watches a lot of anime, I mean, you are familiar with those types of characters that doesn't necessarily condone it. But like, there's a lot of things you probably have in this that probably are in both. If you, if you think of like a Master Roshi character. Oh, I say, I'm like, I'm trying, like, who are you talking about? Like, oh, yes. Yeah, no, definitely like a Master Roshi type. Yes. Um, I don't know. Quagmire, I just find like, I, I he was never someone I particularly like thought was funny as a character. But now like, truly grating like think of the 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 jokes with him like it's all like so one note and like incredibly creepy like i i i really don't know like how they they managed to right keep that character on for so long right uh there's also cleveland um uh who is i think he lives across the street and i can't they live on Spooner Street. I can't remember where the geography. I know that the Swansons live next to them. And mm-hmm. I want to say that the other house next to them is Quagmire. And then across yeah. the street is Cleveland. Yes. Okay. Yes. I guess I should know that. But uh, yeah. um, I don't know if there's much to say. I mean, Cleveland is very likable, I feel like, as a character. He's sort of happy-go-lucky. Um he later got his own show called The Cleveland Show, which is kind of just like Family Guy, but with Cleveland. And I don't know, they probably made him more like Peter in that. I don't know. Seth MacFarlane sort of has like, as much as I think that he has, he's talented. A, a lot of people have said that he can't measure up to his contemporaries like uh, Matt Groening for The Simpsons and Futurama or Mike Judge who did uh, Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill and Office Space because space because they're able to really change their formulas. And with Seth MacFarlane's shows, with this and American Dad and The Cleveland Show, he's basically just trying to recreate Family Guy. Or even with Ted, it's like he's just trying to inject the same humor into a different slightly different package which is mm-hmm. like it's all about you know getting drunk and you know you know very depraved sex jokes and stuff like that if if i could make a request in advance please don't make me watch and talk about american dad for our anniversary podcast oh no i mean i'm not nearly as uh familiar with american dad because um, i will pull out my hair if i have to watch yeah, that show yeah um yeah. no i think you've you've named a lot of like the most um memorable I, and, which should characters. be notable and it's ironically one of the least probably controversial things about the show but like something that they did do later is that they recast the actor who played cleveland because mm-hmm. cleveland is black they cast him with an actual black actor yes again ironically like one of the least (laughs) out of the laundry list of offensive things about this show is somehow the least offensive thing yeah i mean but that was that that was coming at a time when like there was a lot of of recasting and i think it was ultimately the right move and and very uh i don't know past due uh, yeah. But yes, of all the different things the show has done that have been controversial and offensive, um, 
yeah, there's still a lot that they could have addressed that they hadn't. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, of- at that point, it was like, I kind of feel like that's so into the DNA of the show, though. Like, it, you might as well just cancel the show at that point. Oh, well, and, and that thing, like, you, there isn't a version of the show that is non-offensive. Like, you just don't have that then. Like, and, and part of that is, I think, winkingly, uh, like, part of the the humor. Like, in the in mm-hmm. the very end of the, the, the first episode, um, after Peter has, um, you know, been cleared of, or, you know, he's, he's been um, released from jail because uh, Stewie was able to mind control the judge, convince, uh, or, and make Peter and Brian go home without going to jail. Um, Peter talks about how can I get that much money again? And he jokes about um, uh, uh, like a sexual harassment lawsuit. And he like puts on a wig um, and tears open his shirt. And also, um a, a joke about um being a, a, a minority, rich minority scholarship yeah yeah minority scholarship, and he puts on an afro wig um both of those are you know offensive but in a way that shows you like okay we know this is supposed to be like we're not condoning this like this is this is not right because even like it does the freeze frame of him putting the thumbs up and then the family says no that doesn't work right so like it's like okay w- th- this is offensive in a way that's like showing you like yes this is offensive we know it versus like Again, early in the episode, like the Hitler joke, where it's like, you you know, like this is going to rub people the wrong way, but you don't care. Like in, in some ways you're embracing that and kind mm-hmm. of saying like, yeah, like we dare you to say something about how bad this is. We know that's why you're going to keep watching this or that's why some people will keep watching this. Right. Um. So I know, overall, again, like you, the controversy is, is baked in the show, like the offenses is baked into the show. Mm-hmm. Um. Right. In, in terms of other characters who I, I just want to briefly highlight um, there's a few other recurring ones that um, I think have some funny elements. Like you have the uh, the two um, news anchors who come up a oh, lot. Yeah. Uh, one of them voiced by uh, Laura Allen, the voice of the boss in uh, Metal <laughs> Gear Solid, yeah. uh, as well as the voice of uh, the boss in the recent Pokemon Concierge show. Uh, she's uh, lovely also the that. voice of Pearl in SpongeBob. Yes. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Um, as well as the uh, the weatherman who just screams about the, uh, yeah. the weather. Um, I think probably the most you, you mentioned that uh, you know, Tom Brady guests on this and they've had uh, many, yeah. many guests. I think we would be remiss if we did not mention that one of the recurring guests of the earlier seasons was the one and only Adam West. Right. Who played the mayor of Quahog, um in a very um <laughs> a very fictionalized version of himself right yeah he he basically just kind of doesn't understand how the world works so like when he's like watering his like plants he's like somebody's stealing my water <laughs> yeah yeah like very very stupid very silly but something that I I still do think of finally show and I and I appreciate that this show gave Adam West a chance to use some of his comedic sensibilities in his older age um yeah so that's one thing i will always be grateful for this show because adam west you know was such a talented actor and um truly just glad that he had an opportunity to mm-hmm. to flex that comedic muscle even mm-hmm. in his old age yeah I, I do have a question and i guess i'm probably gonna get a pretty like unenthusiastic an- answer i mean what do you think about the animation of the show because somebody <laughs> described that 
I mean, the early seasons are kind of like an animated comic strip, but like they're kind mm -hmm. of rinky dink a little bit. Like they're not great, especially like like they show like the toy factory and it's like so crudely drawn. Yeah. Um, but there is a certain charm to it, like a sort of low quality charm. Um, I mean, do you feel that way? I mean, I this is, was never going to win any awards in terms of its animation. Oh, man. Um, as someone who has a podcast all about anime um i have to say this was incredibly ugly to look at oh, okay. it was i i was not a fan of the animation for this like okay and that's fair i mean um the early on this the animation was something um that at least one critic pointed out as something that they didn't like um i think uh, people kind of say later on that the animation it, it definitely improves in terms of like its detail but some people say that it kind of becomes kind of soulless. I don't know if that's fair. Again, I'm not like an animation expert. Some mm. people say that like there's the characters move very little. They just kind of stand there and deliver their lines, mm. um, which I don't know. I am not a particularly big fan of like, especially when they go to HD. I'm not a particularly big fan of the way that the show looks, even though on a technical level, I guess it's more impressive. I mm. give, give me the way that it looked in the beginning, even though Josh said it was ugly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was particularly good looking, but I don't know, like. That... I don't know. It's it's if you took another show that came on at the same time um, as this show, almost exactly. You look at a show like Futurama, which actually had pretty impressive. Now, granted, that was Matt Groening, so he probably had the budget to like actually do like I have Simpsons money to make this look good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that might, I don't know if that's an unfair comparison. Um, no, it's a fair comparison. I'll give it to you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I see what you mean about, like, the later animation being soulless in the way. Again, like I mean, that's maybe an unfair, like, I mean, unless you feel that way. I, I, uh, I, I think that it's very easy to criticize people on animation when, like, you don't, maybe we don't appreciate how difficult it is and especially when you're doing like 22 however many episodes a season like mm -hmm. you're definitely it's not going to look like you know the latest miyazaki film okay right right and, and again that like my bar for animation is very high because of my love of of anime um mm -hmm. one thing i i do want to to mention as something else that i also um appreciate about the show that, that I guess does somewhat tie into the animation mm -hmm. is that um, this show did give a chance for a lot of other um, creators, animators, mm -hmm. writers, um, uh, directors to get a start uh, and really um, branch out. So I'm thinking specifically of the creators of um, Avatar, the last airbender, uh, Michael Dante DiMartino. Yeah. Michael Dante DiMartino. Um, he directed, I think, six episodes of the first three seasons of Family Guy. Oh, wait, and, I might have known that. And Brian Konetsko, the, the other creator of Avatar Last Airbender, was a character designer. Um, okay. So they, they worked on that, and they also worked on King of the Hill. Um, uh, okay. That's really where they got their start before Those they went. Those shows are two very different animation styles. Yes, yes. But again, even though I don't particularly like the animation in this, and I'm not a fan of Family Guy, I do appreciate that it was a launching pad for you know these careers for again right. there's other examples as well and for that i'm i'm eternally grateful 
because uh, to think that we would not have Avatar: The Last Airbender if it wasn't for Family Guy. <laughs> that's that's kind of wild. Yeah. So I I can't as much as I don't like this show. Again, I have to have some appreciation for the opportunities it allowed some of the people behind the scenes. Right. Um, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, it's, if we're talking about the, the legacy, um, I mean, it's forever going to stand in the shadow of The Simpsons because it, it predates the show. Yeah. Um, though it did do, I was actually really surprised to learn that um, The Simpsons was never, has never been nominated for Outstanding Comedy Series. It's, you know, it's won a ton for animated series, but just for comedy series it's plain comedy series it's never been nominated and family yeah. guy was at least nominated once which is like mm. it might i mean did the simpsons probably deserve it all for family guy probably but um i think that maybe the show got people more comfortable with the idea of like you can comedy show is a comedy show and you can if you know people think it's funny then it can get nominated for an award it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be an animated award. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Legacy, obviously, you, you said we like launched the careers of some other people. Um, you sent me an article that said that uh, they were talking for the 25th anniversary that uh, they said the show was not slowing down. You know, we're, we're you know, there's more family guy to come, um, which I mean, do you believe that? Because they were recently taken off the Sunday night slot, which they were uh, they had been on Sunday for like decades. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that change does for me question or make me question the, you know, the the future of this show. Like not not to say that, you know, that's a, a death sentence. I mean, it's not like uh historically like the Friday night slot has been like particularly Is that what they moved it to Friday? No, they moved to Wednesday. Moved I was gonna Wednesday. say I thought they moved it to Wednesday. Yeah, if they, they moved, moved to Wednesday. Friday, I yeah. would be concerned. Yeah, no, no, if no I were Friday. A fan. Yeah, no, historically Friday night is a death slot. Wednesday is not. Wednesday is like still um, you know, pretty uh open. Yeah, I think success. Lost was on Lost was on Wednesdays at one point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So it it's not it's not that it should raise alarms, but it, it is concerning, I think, if you're a fan of this show, uh -huh. that they would make that shift because it suggests that there's a change that they thought was needed. Whether mm -hmm. that's a change of like we think there's other shows that we could better highlight on this Sunday night block. Yeah, like Crapopolis, the new. Uh... <laughs> and, and and that's what I was going to say in terms of like, so like, again, I, I think whether or not there's more family guy like Seth, Mar Seth McFarlane sounds like he's game to keep going forever. Or he'll um, just keep making Ted or or that. Um in terms of the, like the legacy outside of this show, um, for better or worse, and by that I mean definitely for the worst, um, this the the success of Family Guy has given Fox the um, the green light to move forward with adult animation, and a lot of it has been truly like dreadful. To yeah, the oh, yeah. I, like I, I don't like you. You mentioned like Crapopolis. I remember seeing like a lot of commercials for that during um, football. That looks horrendous. Mm -hmm. um, there was another one for um, a new show with like a cop um, or yeah. detective um, yeah. character that also looks just like truly like uh, I don't know, like like right. unwatchable. Yeah, most um, of these are garbage. Um, I mean, out of they have not been super successful in trying uh new shows um that are animated really their only like success 
like post family guy has really been Bob's burgers that I can think of. Yeah. And that's what I say. I would say that's, that's the only other one, everything else you, you, we talked about American dad earlier. Um, everything else has been terrible well, or yeah, has not uh, lasted. Right. American dad actually did do really well up until the point that it got moved to TBS, but you know, it's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course that's not saying anything about the quality of the show. No. So no, uh, Bob's burgers is without a doubt the, the only example I can think of um, after Family Guy on on Fox's animation block, or I don't know if they're still calling it animation domination. or I don't or think that they've changed it so many times. It was called yeah. like Sunday Fun Day. Um, yeah. So, no, so they could like we've called it Sunday Fun Day. We could put in things that aren't animated. <laughs> yeah. But again, like I think the 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 creation of all these shows like comes back to Fox seeing how well Family Guy is done and just letting other shows you know, get into the mix. And again, the vast majority of those have yeah. seemed dreadful. Um, so again, Bob's Burgers notwithstanding, I know there's a lot of fans of Bob's Burgers. I don't want to say anything negative about that show. Mm-hmm. Um, um, certainly, you know, respect that fan base and, and that uh, show, even though it's not one I'm uh, particularly familiar with. Um, but yeah, I think that's really, for me, like the lasting legacy of, of Family Guy, as well as I think, again, for better or worse, and I, and I might argue worse, um, I do think it has had some influence on the comedic sensibilities of the generation who grew up with this. I think there are a lot of shows or comedians who I think do really resonate like with this sense of humor and have continued to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's not really my sense of humor, so I right. don't think that's a good thing. But right. uh, yeah. I think that... If they're, I think it might have like really helped Adult Swim gain mm-hmm. popularity. Like Adult Swim existed before Family Guy, but I think it really, I think, helped them having it on there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's something else that's really um, benefited. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I've also had like a, a back and forth relationship with Adult Swim. Um, I'm still never really going to forgive it for taking away like Nightly Tsunami from me. Um but I, I, I do think, again, the, the, this show has had an incredibly long track record. And it's, I mean, it's like a, it's a zombie of a show. Like, you can't yeah. kill it. Um, so even if they do try to cancel it again, as you said, it's already been canceled twice. Like, uh-huh. I, I don't know if, you know. I, I do hope stick. that we are closer to the end than we are to the beginning. I don't want to see this where we're talking about this 25 years later. No, you you don't want it to, to surpass The Sims at some point as the longest running animated Well, that show. would have implied that The Simpsons would also not still be on. Right. Well, in, in the theoretical case that that happens oh sometime. yeah no that would be terrible uh yeah. but that's a discussion for another day so uh josh i want to thank you for coming on and uh keeping a relatively level head i know that you're probably like bursting at the seams uh, you need to go like watch um great british baking show now or you know something wholesome like hamtaro uh, once again i just have to wonder like what did i do to wrong you aaron yeah. what what is is this for the time i drew on your globe when we were children yeah is is, is 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 this for the time that I accidentally hit you with the Wiimote while we were playing Wii Sports? Oh, yeah. I, I I feel like this is a punishment, but right. um, I've tried to keep my cool, so mm-hmm. okay. um, I'll scream into the void after this. Okay. Uh, so, Josh, uh, are you working on anything? You said you mentioned your podcasts. Yes. So, uh, it's a busy podcasting month for me. 
which seems like the the norm nowadays. Um, so recently, um, I recorded uh, with Bill and Alex our monthly uh, episode of TV Break, where we talked about Netflix's Griselda, which, speaking of somewhat controversial uh, ideas, decided to have a truck go down uh, a street in New York City um, with a cocaine snorting pipe attached to it. Okay. Like it was giant. It was weird. I don't, Alex sent it to us. It's like, this is strange. Um, I, I don't know. Griselda is... Uh, you'll have to listen to our episode to hear our thoughts on Griselda. Um, but uh, so that's one thing people can listen to. Uh, people can also hear me on the Anime Pop podcast um, with my co-host Amanda Rivas. Uh, this past month, we talked about Solo Leveling, which was a highly anticipated uh, anime based off of a uh, Korean uh, webcomic, uh, which we very much enjoyed and, and have a lot to uh, um, had a lot to share about that. So I encourage people to listen to that. Uh, this coming month, we're going to be talking about the Netflix live action adaptation of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, we'll get into whether or not it's an anime and mm -hmm. whether or not we really should be covering it. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I will also be um, guesting on the socially distanced podcast um, to talk about the first episode of uh, that show. So again, I've got a, a busy month ahead. So uh, mm -hmm. please, please pray for me and uh, hopefully I'll survive. Um, Aaron, you got anything you're working on? Uh, not currently. Um, I do. <laughs> I had previously said that I knew what we were going to do next for our movie podcast. And I looked at my list and I was wrong. I don't have. I, so we will have to talk about that. So that is my I'll be working on. You lied to me. Right. I, I thought it was something else. I thought that their April thing was our March thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Don't worry for our I have some ideas for our TV for next month, though. Um, I'm on X Jeez. at Aaron Sarnecki, uh, mostly talking about movies. Uh, so you can follow me on there. So, uh, Josh, thanks. Thank you again for, for coming on this, this journey. I, I think I survived. I think my soul is my body a few times, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm still here. Uh, no, no, Aaron, as always, it was, it was fun talking with you. Um, and for everyone listening, thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, if you'd like to listen to any of our previous podcasts, um, you can go on Pop Break Today to listen to our most recent movie podcast where we talked about the 10th anniversary of the Lego movie. Uh, and if you'd like to hear some of our previous shows, um, uh, TV show podcast, um, we most recently uh, did a uh, podcast on the 20th anniversary of Drake and Josh back on um, January and you can also find that in the same feed of uh, Pop Break TV. So uh, please give those a listen. Um, and we hope you will be back next time. So until then, remember, luckily there's a family guy. <laughs>